This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. And I'm Lyle Southall and this is... Lost, lost, what? Faith Fam, Lost and Walters. Oh, I don't yes, know. and of course, uh, <laughs> breakfast. Still in the breakfast studio show. here with us is, is this is time for Lawson to wake up. Yeah, um, ready to go. Still in the studio here with us is Kent Kingston from Science Magazine. So hey. um, super excited to have you, Kent you, joining you us. Need a little the, jingle like the Wiggles. You got to wake up, Lawson. You could use it every morning. Lawson, oh. Lawson's with us now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Like I just got wake up Jeffed. I'm like I'm awake. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's, okay, let's so we kind of ran out of time during the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we were My talking bad. about Science Magazine, which is just an awesome magazine, and uh, with, I think with, this, with, this with, is with def- me, with me, Kent Kingston, editor of Science at the Times. Absolutely. Um, just of just thought I'd read myself <laughs> up after the news break since you didn't. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, um, and I'm super excited. Who's Kent Kingston again? Uh, <laughs> super <Nobody>. excited! <laughs> super excited about this particular edition. This is going to be my favourite edition, I think, because it has the man Bear Grylls himself on the front cover, <laughs> and of course, um, yeah, a very devout Christian. And uh, also, just quickly, I was looking in a section called the the cutting edge section, yeah. and it talks about the Volkswagen IDR electric car, which just um, I think it was at Spa or one of those tracks set the record that was faster than a Formula One car. So I'm smashing like smashing records all over the place. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. It's basically Volkswagen created an electric yeah. car because they felt guilty about you know cheating emission <laughs> standards. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're trying very hard to redeem themselves, which is um, which is interesting. People use the word redeem themselves like that. But biblically, you cannot redeem yourself. No, you can you? No, B- that's right. You can only be redeemed. You need redeeming. Someone else needs to pay the mm. price for you. And it's interesting that we use that that word in popular culture, but we essentially misuse it and miss the original meaning of someone else paying the price for you. You know, oh, wow. we yeah, you know what if I mean. You, if you are a slave, you do not have an income. That's right. Therefore, you cannot pay. You cannot buy your freedom. That's right. You cannot redeem yourself, and that's what redemption comes from. It's you're, you're a slave, Absolutely. and somebody's bought your freedom. Absolutely. So you know, Mel Gibson, you know, says a whole lot of anti-Semitic things, and you know, and then he makes you know a bunch of cool movies. Oh, he's redeemed himself. You know, this is, you know, it's actually an oxymoron that we haven't actually really thought about. You can't redeem yourself. So anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm an editor. I, I get stuck on words and, and unpacking them. <laughs> no, that's awesome. that's awesome. Cool. All right. Um, we did not get to talk about how people can get a copy of, uh, or get their uh, subscription right. to right. Science Magazine. Well, look, first of all, let me tell you about the freebies. Okay. okay. Right here on Faith FM, about four times a week. Um, they play, uh, Faith FM, thank you, Faith FM, plays the Signs of the Times radio show. Yes. So you can check that out. Um, you'll hear ads, you know, through the week for it. Um, but yeah, so check that out, first of all, because each one of those episodes is based on an article appearing in the current month's magazine. So you start to get a bit of a feel for, we even get a lot, a lot of the authors, um, there. Like, like, for example, next week, um, is, you know, Remembrance Day on the 11th of the 11th, 11th of November. Um, so we've got a, an actual First World War historian there to talk about some of those themes. And yeah, so it's re- really, really fascinating. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Okay. But the I will h- definitely be tuning in for that one. Yes. Check it out. 
Now, and look, if you miss out on it, on, on you miss it on Faith FM or you want to share it with someone else, um, you need to go to the hub of all Science Magazine knowledge, and that is our website. And that is, get your pencils and pads ready there, your smartphones, signsofthetimes.org.au. Okay, so, so that's signs of signsofthetimes.org.au. That's pretty simple. That's right. It's, it's pretty easy. So, yeah, you can listen to podcast episodes there. Also, nearly all of our articles are there absolutely free for you to read, for you to enjoy, for you to share via social media. Um, you can contact us, like, you know, um, react to the articles, you know, via, with our email addresses there, all sorts of things. Um, but there's also a very important red, big red button there called subscribe. So we would love you to hit that button and discover the miracle that is receiving Science Magazine to your home for yourself. How much would you expect to... I, I feel like the, um, you know, the, the Donos Direct people here. How much would you expect <laughs> to, to pay for a, for a Science Magazine? How about 11 per year? Because that's how many we send out. What would you expect to pay, Lawson? What, oh, what would be a reasonable price? Uh, 11 reasonable magazines. Pr- price? 64 uh, pages of it. 64 pages. 64 pages. Every month except January. Every month except January. Look, I um, you know, I used to subscribe to different magazines. And I, I don't know, maybe like maybe ten bucks a month. Ten bucks a month. Okay, so yeah. ten bucks a month via eleven issues per year. That's one hundred and ten yeah. through the year. That's yeah, this is about why I used we, to pay we, for we'd magazine. We'd probably give you a little bit of a discount for like getting the whole thing. So maybe what down to seventy, eighty. Yeah, something like that. Well, I used to, fifty I used to, would be a good deal. The last magazine subscription I had was uh, one hundred and ten dollars a year. Wow. Well, how does twenty six? Oh, Ooh, what twenty six? Oh, okay. Twenty six dollars per year to receive Science Magazine to your letterbox uh, eleven times a year. So that is really, really cheap. It's so cheap, in fact, that you should get two so that you can share one with someone else. Because oh, yes. you know, that, even that's only fifty two bucks. Absolutely. Um, and, and and if you're super keen and you think this is, this is such a great magazine, I've got a bunch of people I want to share it with. Well, once you get uh, start to get to ten like, and above, discount start. Okay, and do in. like we do at Maitland, where we just buy box, buy box. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Buy box and supply our local uh, supermarket. Have a little rack there, and it just that's goes in right. there and. People, you know, Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, make it free to the public. Um, mm. And and if if you'd like to help people like you, you know like you're doing at Maitland, um, Lyle, or like other people are doing elsewhere, there's also a donate button. You can hit that button. You can look at uh, find out about various different projects where people are distributing science to the public, and you can say, yeah, I'd like to support that project. Mm. Chuck a donation in. Make it a monthly donation, even like five, ten bucks a month. You know, twenty bucks a month. It doesn't make much difference, you know, to your budget, but it can make a whole lot of difference mm. uh, to people out there so yeah signs of the times dot org dot au check it out yeah fantastic all right you know where to go you know what to do uh jump on your computer right now as so long as you're not driving jump on your phone and uh hit the big red button encounter with god let's go to the book of nehemiah talking about uh, manly men this morning in science magazine the bear grills article um, and Nehemiah was definitely a manly man. Shortest man in the Bible, though. Nehemiah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, Kent, it's too early in the day for this. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Best> dad joke. <laughs> there's a, you know, there's a, I, I, wish, I wish they would come to mind right now, but there's... Um, there's 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 a there's another shorter person in the Bible I can't remember. Oh, exactly. the, the the watchman on the wall. It, it, it was pretty small. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Watchman. But the largest woman, of course, was the woman of some area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Ay, ay, ay. What are we going to do? All right, Nehemiah chapter 8, and we're going to begin in verse 13. Here was a man who uh, turned up in Jerusalem and decided he was going to build a wall, and within a very short space of time, that wall was built. He built that wall with um, his workers and his tradies all carrying their weapons in their hands while they were working. Mm. I mean, you imagine that. This is this is a guy of action. This is a guy who turns up there and goes around, you know, in the middle of the night like a secret agent and the next morning starts building a wall. Mm. Actually, it wasn't tradies, Lyle. It was like all the families. That's right. Everybody e- Everyone took in. their turn. Yes. Except there was this one group of nobles who thought they were too special and, and they <laughs> didn't do very But they're, much. they're named and shamed in, in, in the Bible, so. Forever. <laughs> okay, so Nehemiah, once again, somebody who just simply does not hold back when it comes nope. to uh, it. pretty much anything. Mm. And, of course, um, celebrating the joy of the Lord is one of those things that Nehemiah also does not hold back on. Mm. Uh, we've just been reading here in Chapter 8 about the reading of the Bible. And for, you know, it's hard for us to understand, but for the larger proportion of the population of Judah at this particular time, of the Jews, this would have been the first time ever they had heard the Bible read. Mm. Wow. True. You know? And and we sort of take it for granted. We sit down and read our Bible every morning. And yet um, when literacy was, you know, incredibly rare and copies of the Bible were way rarer. Mm. Not um, having printing presses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for to have a public reading of the entire Bible, uh, you know, start in the morning and to uh, read right through until lunchtime, that's um that's that's that would have been the most amazing experience. Yeah, what a church service. Like I'm just keen to do this. We've been reading about this all week. I'm like It's gonna you're gonna start at eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning and just read the Torah. <laughs> just start from <laughs> just Genesis one one, just just go. Just go. It would be awesome. I, I, I did a sermon once where I, I got all, all the youth in our church to uh, read the book of Ruth from beginning to end at the beginning of the sermon. It's actually shorter than you think. Like, yeah. So they different people took a role of you know different different speaking parts. It was great. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, you kind of think of reading an entire book of the Bible like, oh, that'll take forever. But you actually did it in a sermon. Yeah, and then I preached a sermon after that, so there was there was plenty of room. How long did it take to read for the for the young people to it's, read it? It's only what was it eight minutes, twelve minutes? Yeah, it's 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 really? surprisingly shorter than than you think. Yeah, there are some pretty short books in the Bible. The Book of Jude, Book of Jude. Yep, could read that in a couple of minutes. Third John. Yep, third, third John take like thirty seconds. Yep, there are some really short ones there. Yeah, even like um, you know, I remember the Kingscliff did a you know series on Jonah, and it started off just like they read through the entire book of Jonah. It took yeah. you know ten minutes or something. It, it's easy with it those would be story. interesting. It would it's be easy with those story sort of type books in mm. the Bible. Yeah, it would be interesting in the context of today's of of this week's Bible study um, to actually you know. Rock up a church and actually do this. Let's let's mm. just let's mm. just start in the morning. Let's have breakfast together and let's just read it through. Yeah, well, of course I, you could do that at Raymond Terrace Mission because we get together for breakfast every single Sabbath. Just quick quick shout out to uh, come along. <laughs> <laughs> See what well, I, I think, and, and you alluded to this, Lyle. I think what we don't realise is that 
in yeah, we have this idea now that everyone has their own Bible. You go and read it for yourself. This was a really important mm. theme of the Protestant Reformation. You know, everyone yes. is it, it should be able to read the Bible for themselves and have God speak to them through the Scripture themselves. Yes, that is true. And this came about in conjunction with the invention of the printing press That's and right. the availability of Bibles. The the, the, the technology was yeah un, underpinned that certainly. Um, but there's, the, there's our office buzz as the uh, wow aircon kicks in. We just got to do a slight adjustment here to um, <laughs> make it. the noise go away. Talk about having the technology. Yeah. But um. But but I guess what what we what we often don't realise is is what you've been saying, Lyle. That people in biblical times didn't have a Bible of them for themselves, and when they encountered the Bible, it was most often. In a public reading sort of yes. sort of um, you know setting, um, which is why the tradition emerged to have um, young boys and young girls in particular memorize huge sections of the scriptures, so you could carry the word in your mm. heart yes. and you could meditate on it. Which in Hebrew has that meaning of murmur, murmuring, so basically saying under your breath to yourself, um, "This is meditating on on scripture." So there mm. was that personal aspect of it, but like you know Paul's letters. Again, designed to be read in church to a whole congregation. So when you only read the Bible just for yourself, you're at risk of developing really really idiosyncratic, strange sort of views. Whereas when you encounter the Bible in community, there is a sort of a... A stabilizing uh, effect that, that goes on there. So, uh, I, while I think you know both is important, possibly in some ways we've shi- we've swung too far in the direction of individual interpretation, especially in our individualistic Western society, mm-hmm. and perhaps neglected some of that encountering the word as a community that um, you know we see in the Bible, where the Bible says that you know there is uh, wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Yeah, mm. and as we you know. You know, you discover something new in the Bible, you share it amongst a group of fellow believers, and we, you can then have the opportunity of discussing it backwards and forwards, refining it. That's right. Uh, discarding it, if need be, whatever it might be, uh, because every person is going to see a different perspective. Every person is going to remember a different part of the Scripture, mm. and that's going to be valuable. I want to come back to something you mentioned a moment ago about, you know, the, the, the tradition of memorizing. Mm. Um, that you still find in uh, Judaism to some extent. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, but, also but with bar mitzvah. You, you yeah, need yeah. to do it to, to have your bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Yeah. Yep. And also uh, within Islam. Yes. You know, these are, these are religions where, you know, the, 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 um, the sheikhs and so forth will memorize the Quran. Yeah, there's the, the uh, sheikh yeah. here in, in New, one of the sheikhs here in Newcastle has in fact done that. I've, and, I, I, yeah, I've heard yeah. him. He'll, we, um, we've we've both met him, and yeah. you know, you mentioned something in the Quran, and he'll go ah, and he'll think for a moment, and then he'll just repeat it word for yep. word. Yep. I am um, growing up. I grew up. Uh, my next door neighbors was a Muslim family, mm-hmm. and they would get together. They lived on a, a little property there, and they were from Sydney, and they would come up to Lake Macquarie, where I lived in, in Rathmines, and and get together with um, you know, a group of you know young people. I'd bring mm-hmm. young people up here and have young people camp or whatever you know mm. a hangout and um i met a guy there who had memorized he was like 16 and he had memorized the entire quran in arabic and english wow and yeah. he could so he could say the whole thing in english and sing the whole thing in arabic man and it was here's it the was thing with wild. memorization once you start on memorization your first couple of chapters are very very hard but then your brain trains itself to memorize ah. and it becomes easier over time 
And, you know, that's why you've got, you know, I've, I've met some people who've memorized the Bible. I, I knew a guy, and he, he actually came to Christ in midlife. He was a World War II vet. Um, when he came back from war, he was pretty traumatized, but he st- started encountering the Bible and he ended up me- memorizing the entire King James Version from beginning to end. And not only memorized it, but you could also say to him, what does, you know, Isaiah 42, 3 say? And he, and he could tell you, like, he was, yeah, yeah. That is wild. <laughs> it was that amazing. Is, he could tell is. you any verse. Yeah, it was amazing. I've memorized some chapters of the Bible. And if you wanted me to give you the verse, I'd have to start at the beginning of the chapter yeah. and work my way through until I got there. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he, he knew each verse. He'd just be able to pull it out. But you, you, you know what, Lyle? It doesn't guarantee that you're a nice person. It's, it's very clever. It's, it's a great yeah. party trick. It'll, it'll impress other Christians. But mm. unless that, unless, the, it changes the, the, unless the words of God yeah, transform you from the inside out, it, that's all it will ever be, just, mm. just a great party trick. Having said that, I think that more than being a great party trick, we have lost something in that we have moved away from you know, memorizing scripture. I think sure. it's um, I think it's a great thing to do, and I, I encourage our listeners to you know, yep, choose a chapter somewhere and uh, start with a some, verse. Like write it, put it yeah. in your bathroom mirror, and you know, mm. an inspirational one. You know, repeat it to yourself in the morning, and you, you'll is. find it'll stick with you. Yeah, yeah. and then yep. change it up, have a new, have a new one, or add a new one underneath it. And, yeah, it's also interesting, and this is just a little bit of trivia. Uh, you were mentioning that the vast majority of the Bible, if not all of the Bible was written to be read in public. Yeah. And when you're writing to read something in public, you actually, uh, you're a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would imagine, and and what I've been told, is that when you write for something to be read on paper, you write in a different style than if it's being written to actually be spoken out loud. Yeah. And the Bible is actually written to be spoken out loud because... That was how it was transmitted back in the day, and now we put it on paper. Well, that's right. And it has a it has a certain effect when you read it out loud. Mm-hmm. That is actually you know that's actually how it was in, originally intended. Well, to, and the psalms in particular because they're lyrics to songs. They're songs, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, good, uh, good fascinating point. stuff. We are way sidetracked, but it's all good. <laughs> let's go to Nehemiah chapter eight, and let's start reading Lawson. In uh, where did we get up to yesterday? We got up to verse twelve. Let's read verse 13 then. Right. The Bible says, Now on the second day, the heads of the fathers' houses of all the people with the priests, the Levites, um, and the Levites were gathered together uh, to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feasts of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem saying go out to the mountain and bring olive branches branches of oil trees um, myrtle branches palm branches and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths each one on the roof of his house or in the courtyards or in the courts of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and the open square of uh, the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly uh, of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until the day, um, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so. And there was very great gladness. Also, day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days, 
and on the eighth day there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. So many good things here I want to talk about. I want to start by the fact that um, they're reading in the book of the law, they're studying the Bible together, and they suddenly uh, they discover the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast Mm. of Booths. Mm. Shelters, my Bible translation. Shelters. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we mentioned this yesterday. We're going we're gonna to talk more about this in just a moment, that the whole concept of camping, which everybody just loves, everyone loves to go camping. You love to go camping? Love it. Okay. We all love to go camping. <laughs> it was invented by God. <laughs> this was God's idea. He's like, go camping once a year. Um, so we should do that. But um, um, we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. One of the things that I want to highlight here is how that we can miss things that are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They had missed this since the time of Joshua. Yeah, that's predating the kings, predating the judges, hundreds that's of That's amazing. Wow. Um, and what I want to do is to come back and talk about that, unpack that in a little bit more detail, and you know, maybe ask the question, what is it that we are missing in the Bible? Right now, we need to move on. We have uh, Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What. You're listening to Faith FM. A lot of us grew up believing At any moment we can lose it all And at the drop of a hat God might turn his back and move on A lot of us feel like we blew it Thinking that we're just too far gone But I want you to know There's still hope for you
Welcome back, guys. That was Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What here on Faith FM. Lawson, give us another clue for it. I can't believe that nobody's got this one yet. Yeah? Has been a little obscure, but not terribly obscure. All right, so I'm going to give another clue, which I think will make it a little bit more clear. This is one of those who am I quizzes. So so it's a a person mentioned in the... A character mentioned in the Bible. Yes. Who am I? Yeah. You've been given clues. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry, I'm just trying to catch up here because I turned up after you started. Okay, so so you're allowed to answer it by writing the answer on a piece of paper. Or being some, allowed to say it. Right. Whenever somebody says it on air, they get, you know, just we give them a hard time. Shamed. Like the next year. Right. <laughs> Shamed and named. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Who am I? Let's just do a run through of the clues. So, You're firstly, I like, okay, I'm Lawson. Oh, okay, but who sorry. is this person on the <laughs> Okay, I told Zechariah that his son was never to take wine or fermented drink. Yeah, you did that clue last time. I spoke with Daniel. I told Daniel that as soon as he had begun to pray, an answer was sent from heaven. And now I told Mary that she would give birth to the Son of God. Man, this guy's all over the place. Uh, and he's got Christmas insider information. Oh, Christmassy. It's getting Christmassy. Mates. In November. Carol's in November. There, that's there should a, that's be a public flogging for even <laughs> mentioning Christmas in November. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> condemned. <laughs> Disfellowship. I've, con- I've condemned myself. <clears throat> yep. it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't happen until 1st of December. You should not be allowed to put tinsel in shops or anything until 1st of December. That's where I disagree. If if I if I was the benevolent dictator of this country, let me tell you, that would be one of the things I would I would bring in. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I'm distra- I would actually agree with that. I'm but I would, I would also back it up by we should put tinsel in Christmas shops come first um, of December hmm. because a lot of shops these days are just sort of losing a lot of the Christmas spirit, and that kind of makes me sad. I'm mate. I'm just going to listen to you know Michael Bublé all year round. Like <sighs> Christmas, I love it. Anyway, yeah, you you and Shell will get on just fine. My, my wife okay. too. Yeah. Back to the story of Nehemiah. So they're reading the Bible and they discover something new. And what blows my mind is they haven't dis- they haven't discovered this since the time of Joshua. What's going on here? Mm. Surely they had been reading their Bible, and surely they had read about this in that intervening period. It's like what a thousand years. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, that sometimes you, like you can see it there, you can skim over it, you can think it doesn't apply to me or, or whatever. Oh, that was for those people then. But then suddenly you think, well, wait a minute, it doesn't say it's just for them. Like it, There seems to be value in this. And, and if, if you are in the process of recommitting yourself to God, and, and that's what these people are doing in Nehemiah. They, they've been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They're really trying to reestablish themselves as a mm-hmm. nation. You know, they, they, they've rebuilt the city walls. I think later on they even rebuilt the temple. They rededicate the Levites um, and the priests. And, you know, they, um, they, they do all this stuff. They even, as the Alcoholics Anonymous people say, you know, they make a fearless moral inventory. Of, of themselves and the, they decide to, hey, there's some ways we've been living that haven't been right. We need to straighten these out. They do all these things. And so when you're in that frame of mind and you read the Bible, you read this instruction from the Lord, you you stop where perhaps you haven't stopped before. And you say to yourself, well, wait a minute. You know, why did God want us to do this? What is he still asking us to do this? What value is there in this? And I have to admit, I, I should have used that time in the song to flip back and, and find out what the context was for why God gave this festival in the first place. I, I suspect 
that it was to remind the Israelites that there was that time of wandering in the wilderness for 40 years where they were camping. They mm. camped for 40 years. Mm. This was a formative experience for the nation of Israel. It was a time of incredible dependence on God. It was a time of incredible miracles from God. It was a time when there, as um, Bob Marley says in his redemption song, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. You know, they'd escaped physical slavery, but they needed to, they needed to free their minds from that slave mindset that they had. And that 40 years was the period in which all that happened. Um, and going back to live under shelters is, like you say, liable before you said camping. They had to go camping, you know, for this period of time. And, and I believe this was to remember them of the lessons they learned back at that time coming through through the wilderness. Oh, look, you're the pastor. Am, am I right? Am I no, close? absolutely. That's exactly, what, that's exactly what it's all about. Yeah. And, 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 and more than that, because, you know, during the wilderness, they were living by faith. Absolutely. And without God. You know, they would they would run out of food. You know, we talk about you know how fragile life here is in Australia that there's only three days supply of food in the supermarket. Well, they only had one day's supply of food per day. Mm. Without without God, they were in starvation mode the day after. Mm. And so this was. Truly, and then there's the water truly, issue, of course. Yeah, the water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just went back to to Leviticus um, chapter twenty three to find the passage about like what you know what was part of that command, um, and it's it's you guys are really spot on. It says you shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. There you go. So we see this very wrapped up in that whole idea of emancipation that God yep. was leading them out of slavery. Which is something that they're they're getting their identity back as slaves yeah. who have been led out of slavery, out of you know Babylonian yeah. and Persian captivity, and now you know they're they're celebrating this feast as like a as the, they're they're realizing like we are a type of this, we're mm. an anti-type. It's, it's it's a reenactment. Mm. Here's a question: If there is something within Christianity that has not been practiced for a thousand years, so it's disappeared, it has not been practiced mm. for a thousand years, does that then mean that? It is something that we are free to just ignore when we read it in the Bible. Mm. Because, you know, the majority don't see this as being important and have not seen it as being important for a thousand years. Mm. Mm. I, I guess one example, Lyle, could be the Seventh-day Sabbath. Uh, because there were thousands of years when the, the mainstream of Christianity had, uh, you know, somehow through, you know, Roman pagan influence or, or whatever, um, had switched to worshipping on Sunday. Um, and yes, there was often, you know, like small people on the fringes of Christianity who continued to, um, you know, to worship on Saturday, you know, the, the seventh day. Um, but it really wasn't until, I guess, the origins of our church in the mid-late 1800s that this um, this teaching was rediscovered, and it's right there in the Ten Commandments. You know, remember the yeah. Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's been there all along. Mm. As this one is right there in the middle of the Book of Leviticus. Well, that's right. It's it's been there all along. We see, you know, Jesus kept the Sabbath. The Apostle Paul kept the Sabbath. All the the other mm. apostles went to the synagogue on Sabbath, um, or prayed down by the river on Sabbath, or whatever. But somehow, it's been lost. So mm. yeah, there have been um, individuals or even whole churches who've said we've just rediscovered this. It's been here the whole time, and they have decided, you know obedience to God to embrace that Seventh-day Sabbath uh, again. I mean, that's a much more contemporary example. Of course, something that we find with the Bible um, is that 
age does not negate relevance. That's something that often happens in culture, that the age of something negates its relevance to our current culture. But with the Bible, you know, the, the fact that the Bible is so profound and so amazing, mm. you know, you read the book of Revelation and the words of it are literally happening before us, before our eyes. It's like, no, the Bible, no matter how old the information is, it's still relevant to us mm. because it, it came from God. <laughs> like, so, so, Lawson, <laughs> tell me, when, when did you most recently stone an adulterer? Oh, um. <laughs> are, are, are you wearing clothes that mix um, cotton with another fabric? Um, like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously there, there are some things in the Bible that are given to a particular people at a, at a particular yeah, time. And that, that's the point I'm trying to make here. Um, so I, I think we, we have to be careful in g- giving a blanket statement at saying, you know, the whole Bible is timeless truth that applies to all time evenly. Uh, I think we have to be a little bit more careful to look at the context in which it was given um, and draw the principles that that are out of there. That's what Jesus did often as he yeah. sort of r- unpacked and repackaged the Old Testament teachings in a lot of ways that you have heard it said, but I say, you know, and he often looked at those principles that were underlying those eternal teachings. And I think that this is a prime example right here of exactly that. Yeah. We don't keep the Feast of Tabernacles today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't keep any of the feast days today because the you know that ceremonial system was finished at, at when Jesus died on Calvary. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that having a spiritual camping retreat is not a great idea. Mm. Well, that's right. Absolutely. You know, and this is and this is what well, this is what God has, has instituted here is like okay, I want you to come from all over all over Israel, all over Judah, whatever the situation is. I want you to camp out. Um, in Jerusalem, and even if you're living in Jerusalem, go camp on top of your roof. Mm-hmm. You know, just just do backyard camping. I mean, I remember as a kid going camping in the backyard. It was lots of fun. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And the whole concept of going camping, living in nature, um, creating community where the whole church is coming together is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one of the things that I love about um, our churches that most of our churches. Um, Sydney is probably an uh, an example, an exception, but most of our churches here in Australia actually do this. We call it camp meeting or big camp, Mm. and it happens on regular occasions. It's just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic blessing to um, everybody. Anyway, I am being told that we have gone over time and are running out of time. This is the lower lights with Go Down Moses. You're listening to Faith FM. Land, tell Pharaoh, let 
Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Coming back to take us home He made us, He saved us 
Welcome back, guys. That was Ali and Leighton here on Faith FM, a couple of local singers. Always like to have some local talent on the show. And um, we're going to continue with question of the day before we do. Lawson, one final clue for the quiz. All right. I am an angel. <laughs> okay, that's the clue for the quiz. That's this is not Lawman. This is not Lawson making a statement about himself. <laughs> Hence that is our humour. Who am I? I am an angel. I talked to Daniel. I talked to Mary. I talked to Zachariah. I told him a bunch of stuff. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three if you know who that is, and you'll win a prize completely for free. We don't have a lot of angels in the Bible that we actually know their names. We don't. Yeah, there's a few more if you go out of the Bible to tradition um, or to non-canonical books of the Bible. There are a few more that have been named, but uh, in the Bible itself, very few angels that have actually been named. Okay, question of the day. We've been sitting here discussing question of the day for a few minutes, something super controversial right now. So what is our question of the day? Should Christians still stone adulterers? Okay, so this kind of came up in conversation here a, uh, a, a little while ago. Guilty, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> so Kent's been going around stoning people. Um, <clears throat> this is, and this is a question that I get asked on occasions by people who are non-Christian and have probably Googled you know, a little bit of hard questions to, answer, to, to ask Christians. <laughs> and the Bible speaks about the, penalty of, the, the, the death penalty. The mm-hmm. death penalty existed in ancient Israel for a number of different offences, including adultery. Um, and the question is, why do we not do so today? Now, I have a very strong personal stand against the death penalty, mm. um, and I, I I don't believe in the death penalty in any any shape or form. Even though emotionally, sometimes I really feel like. Um, it would be a good thing, but on an intellectual level, I, I don't believe in it. It's interesting, though, Lyle, because even though the death penalty applied in the Old Testament in Israel, there's no imprisonment, no prisons. It, it, was, either, it, it, it was either compensation, exile, or, or death. That an was interesting it. system, an interesting system. Okay, so I'm going to share a couple of thoughts on this. Um, and of course, you know, we don't have time to go into the, um, the full depths of what is available. Here is the reason why I do not support the death penalty as a Christian. When a person's life is taken, their probation, which is a Christian word for saying their opportunity for salvation has come to an end. Mm. We should not choose that on behalf of somebody else. That should be God's choice alone. Wow. Ancient Israel was very, very different from the kind of government we had today. Ancient Israel was a theocracy, and the civil penalties that you find in the book of Leviticus apply to the theocracy. Theocracy is government by God. Mm. Here in Australia, we have a democracy. And so rather than having government by God, we have at the moment government by the Liberal Party. 
Or, or well, by the people. The, the, by the people. The, the demos, yes. Yes, the demos. Now, people can get things wrong, and people often get things wrong. It's called the human factor. And as a result of that, we are not in a position where we should be um, taking people's lives because we cannot decide and know when a person has passed the point of no return. That is in God's hands. If God decides that, that's fine. He is God. And so in a democracy, I do not believe that you can have a death penalty um, or in an aristocracy or any other kind of government other than a theocracy. If you look at the nation of Israel, they were under a theocracy beginning in the time of Moses, which extended through to the Babylonian captivity. After the Babylonian captivity, they were then successively under Babylonian rule, Persian rule, Greek rule, uh, Roman rule, and then lots of different rules as they um, got scattered or dispersed around so, the world. So, like, am I allowed to ask you a curly question on this? I've got a very short amount of time, but the producer is nodding her head. <laughs> so today, Saudi Arabia and Iran are described as theocracies. And yes. in these countries, death penalties apply, including stonings, for, That's right. stonings for, beheadings. For, for, for adultery. What's the difference between the sort of theocracy you're talking about and these uh, places we call theocracies today? The difference that I see is that I... You know, because I'm, I'm a Christian and somebody who believes the Bible and follows the Bible, I do believe that the theocracy of ancient Israel was a genuine theocracy, whereas the theocracies that we find in Saudi Arabia and uh, Iran are human-based theocracies. Mm. Um, and you've been to Iran, haven't I you? I have, yeah. yeah. Um, Beautiful country, I understand. Just amazing country and amazing people. Mm. There's some things that I... It's one of those countries where... You either there are there is so much to absolutely love about the country, and then one or two things it's like you absolutely hate about the country. Incredible contradictions, yeah. Incredible contradictions. It's just, it's just a complete love hate, mm. and so that's the difference that I see there. This is not a theocracy that I have faith in. Mm-hmm. Um, where where, where it, you genuinely genuinely believe God is speaking to those leaders of that nation. You you, you don't have faith that that is I do not have faith happening. that that is genuinely happening. Fair enough. And so that's, that's, the, that's the difference I see. I'm out of time. Way out of time. This is I Am They, King of Love, here on Faith FM. The King of Love, my shepherd is Whose goodness faileth never I'm nothing like if I am he is mine forever And he is mine forever
Welcome back, guys. We have come to the end of our show, and you're listening to Faith FM right here. And, of course, at the end of our show, we always give something away. So this is the best part of the day. Get ready to give a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Uh, we've had Kent Kingston here as our guest today, which has been amazing. Kent, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Thank you very much. And, of course, Lawson, what are you giving away today? Okay, I'm giving away a super amazing book, which we actually sell at our juice bar up in Raymond Terrace. It's called U-Turn. It is an incredible book about understanding, preventing, and reversing lifestyle diseases. So if you are going through any of uh, these kind of lifestyle diseases, like being overweight or having type 2 diabetes, have blood There blood is an article about this in Science Magazine. Exactly. Let me exactly. see. Where was it? I saw it here a minute ago. I was. This generation needs to fight obesity for the sake of the next Yes, yeah. Look at that. It's, it, it's a link between obesity and fer- and fertility, or, or the lack thereof. Really interesting. But but also wow. the also the idea that your lifestyle can actually change your genes to the point that your kids mm. may be affected uh, genetically yeah. by your lifestyle choices for for good or for ill. Okay, wow, epigenetics. So, so this U turn book that we're giving away this morning, and that's Y O U turn, by the way. Very clever. Yes. Oof. There you go. So, yeah, you turn. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get this book completely for free, taken right to your door. If you're local, by maybe Lyle, maybe myself, maybe Shell. Dropped one one off, uh, what, yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Right there in uh, Maitland. 
by, by, by local you mean what Newcastle and yeah. Hunter sort of area Newcastle but and if you're not local then somebody else will drop it off but that's fine that's right because we love all of Australia don't we at Faith FM yeah. absolutely 100 Amen. plus stations all over Australia come on guys it's not just about Newcastle get for the program <laughs> <laughs> alright we've enjoyed having you part of the show this morning we look forward to joining us again tomorrow morning Master of the world.